Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. Jane Rowe's story was a terrible one. She said she had been gang raped, gotten pregnant, was desperate to get an abortion. That's what everyone believed, as long as Jane Rowe remained anonymous. When she went public, she told a different story. You were raped while you were in Georgia? No, I wasn't. You were not? No, I wasn't. Oh, so all those stories that are in the books and so forth are not true? Yes, sir. Yes. They're not true. Right. And it turned out that lying wasn't the only embarrassment this darling of the pro-choice forces presented. In her personal treatise published last year, Norma McCorvey told the story of her somewhat sordid life. Then she still adamantly supported abortion. Now she adds that to the list of sins she took with her into the baptismal pool. I've cheated people out of money. I've sold drugs. I. You know, I, I, used, I, was, I was an abusive alcoholic for, you know, many, many years. Um, I've done a lot against his teachings. Um, but I, I think the far greater sin that I did was to be the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. Um, I've been hearing from women all over the country and even around the world. This is devastating. And I, you know, they asked me what, what we can do. And I've got two words. Please vote. Um, it was Winston Churchill who said that democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others that have been tried. And the same might be said of the Democratic Party at this point. Democrats somehow manage to get the most votes and lose the most elections, so they need more. Even when they win, they lose. It could be argued that today's Democrats are too weak, too fragile, too woke, too elitist, too disconnected from the realities of working Americans, and yet the Democratic Party is the world's last best hope against fascism, against an extreme, autocratic, anti-woman, anti-gay, anti-contraception, anti-freedom collection of fascists who dominate the Trump wing of today's Republican Party, a group of fascists who even refused to investigate the violent riots that their president launched on January 6th to overthrow a legitimately elected president. Why? Because they are fascists. And now they're claiming control over your bodies, your health, your life. And they've promised they're coming next to take away your birth control pills and even what you do with another consenting adult in the privacy of your own bedroom. To call Trump's Republican Party and Trump's Supreme Court extreme understates the danger these institutions pose to American freedom, to our democracy. They are fascists who have contempt for what 70% of Americans believe about 
Roe v. Wade, what 90% of Americans believe about universal background checks, and what you believe about your right to control your own body and your life. So what does Donald Trump's America look like? Joe sort of described it there. In reality, it looks like a 13-year-old rape and incest victim being ordered by the state to have a forced birth of her rapist's baby. That's where we are in 2022. And for all the Democratic Party's flaws, they're the only party that can stem this continued rise of fascism. Register and vote, work toward an overwhelming majority that can protect your body. Fresh numbers out this morning which show just how engaged voters are headed into this year's midterms. Joining me now, CNN senior data reporter Harry Anton. Harry, you know, 2018 in terms of midterm turnout and enthusiasm, very high, like a hundred year high. How do things look right now? Yeah, so we can look at the primary to give you an idea. And, you know, there's all this talk, oh, once Trump leaves the White House, voters will be less engaged. Well, actually... They're more engaged so far in the primary. So this is 2022 primary turnout compared to 2018. Overall, look at this. We're up 12%. We're up 12%. Among Democrats, I will point out that we're down, but just 3%. But this is primarily being driven by Republican primary turnout. Look at this number. Up 29%. Whenever you see a rise like that, you know something's cooking. And here what is cooking is Republicans are really engaged. And overall, that has made the electorate also more engaged. Who is more engaged? You know, this goes back to what we saw in slide number one, which is although turnout may be up from 2018, what is going on, it's Republicans who are in driving this enthusiasm. So look at 2022, extremely enthusiastic to vote in the midterms. Right now, 30% of Republicans versus just 20% of Democrats. You go back to 2018, right? The numbers were flipped. More Democrats were extremely enthusiastic to vote than Republicans. Now it's more Republicans are extremely enthusiastic to vote than Democrats. That's good news for Republicans because midterms aren't just about preference. They're about the ability to drive turnout as well. And they're often also about a president's approval rating. And President Biden's approval rating is not high, which has led to some rumblings and whispers. Oh, he shouldn't run again. Oh, someone should challenge him in a primary. The numbers tell an interesting story here, though. Here. They do. So look at presidents who cruise to renomination by their intra-party approval. So that would be among Democrats with Biden. And this is just before the New Hampshire primary, right? What we generally see is the approval rating of the presidents who cruise to renomination are either in the 80s or in the 90s in the case of Trump and Eisenhower. Look where Biden's approval rating is right now among Democrats. It's currently at 82 percent. 
That looks a lot like the other presidents who cruised to renomination. Now, obviously, that can change. We still got a while to go until the primaries. But at this particular point, Biden's approval rating is where it needs to be among Democrats to not face a primary challenge. Now, here's the fun thing. Look at the presidents who did, in fact, face a competitive primary. Look at where their approval ratings were in among their own party. It was either in the 70s in the case of George H.W. Bush, who still won every single primary, right? Pat Buchanan, though, gave him a scare in New Hampshire. But the presidents who either lost a primary or, in fact, dropped out, look at their approval ratings in their own party, all either in 44% for Truman in 52 or in the 60s for Ford and Carter, who faced really tough renomination fights. Right now with Joe Biden. So Nancy Pelosi says she's a devout Christian. That's a lie. She's certainly no Christian. And she says she loves children. That seems confusing. Why is Nancy Pelosi so enthusiastic about abortion if she loves children? Relax. Nancy Pelosi has assured us many times that no one loves children more than Nancy Pelosi does. Well, when people ask me what are the three most important issues facing the Congress, for my whole time in Congress, I've always said the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. Oh, our, our children. Just have fewer of them. We're going to put abortion camps on federal lands. So you don't have to deal with children. But Nancy Pelosi still tells us she loves kids. So we kind of took her at face value until we saw this tape from last week. This tape shows Nancy Pelosi elbowing the child, the child of Republican Myra Flores, who just won a congressional seat in South Texas. Myra Flores responded to this incident this way. I'm so proud of my strong, beautiful daughter for not allowing this to phase her. No child should be pushed to the side for a photo op, period. So there is Nancy Pelosi elbowing a little girl who got in her camera shot. That tells you a lot. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is June motherfreaking 29th. Oh, where the hell did June go? It's a nice little uh, intro there just to kind of get us ready to go into the craziness for episode 609. You know, I play what they used to be. They used to be. Safe, rare, and legal. And somehow now it's till frickin' college. We're going to go into our special segment, Breaking News, today. But it's really not. News to you. You listen to the show... You know the left is completely nuts. I just feel like the way that we've protested in the past has not worked very well. Now, I'm not advocating for burning down buildings. I'm not not advocating for it. But trauma and destruction's kind of the thing that I love. So, um, if you guys want to join me in mailing blood from your uterus to the Supreme Court, I already took the fucking bullet and did it first, so... You know, let's do it. Come on. You guys don't want to keep that shit in your house. Just mail it. It's going in the trash anyway. You know what's funny is y'all thought I was kidding. 
I'm a fucking patriot. Get angry! This is atrocious! This is war on women! How fucking dare the Supreme Court do this shit! Fuck you, Kavanaugh! Fuck you, Gorsuch, for lying under oath when you were confirmed, saying that you believed that this was settled! Women will die! But as long as it fits your Christian goddamn narrative, it must be correct! White women of privilege will still have access after their senators fuck them! Poor working mothers will not! Young women who are victims of sexual assault will not! Women who found out that their child is not viable in the third trimester will not! And who the fuck knows what's gonna happen ectopically because half you men prove that you don't know what an ectopic pregnancy is! How do I have less rights than my m Just a reminder, because it seems like everyone needs it, uh, not just women get abortions, people with uteruses get abortions, trans people get abortions, trans men, non-binary people, people of all genders get abortions. Love you. Here, because you have uh, Mike Pence now saying who is campaigning, right? We know he's campaigning, that he wants to codify uh, anti-abortion legislation into the law. He wants to. So, you know, you have the, the president, the Democrats saying they want to codify a pro-abortion language or getting it, uh, you know, making it legal. Mike Pence wants to make it illegal. Well, look, 
clearly both sides have what they want to do. The pro-life side wants to protect life and the pro-abortion wants to provide abortion. Look, what we cannot have is what the Democrats want to currently do is the Women's Health Protection Act. That is horrible for the unborn children. This would provide abortions uh, without consent of parents. Could you imagine having a, a teenage daughter who needed to have an abortion and the parents didn't have consent? I could if Did that daughter was the victim of a rape or incest, but in which case your party will allow, not just allow, force that 13-year-old girl to no. carry her rapist child to her pregnancy to term. But, but I, I just, this, but, this idea I, that, you know, I, I just want to, I want to just clarify one thing. And I think the vice president said it well. The only difference between Clarence Thomas and the rest of the court is that Clarence Thomas said out loud and Mike Pence has said out loud what many Republicans, like Alice, will not say. They want the national ban. If they really believe if they really believe that what is happening is a murder, it is inconsistent for you to say a national ban is not the next step. And Republicans care about life until the child is born. No, here, here's the and question. that's where they drop off. Here's on the question. No, I'm gonna, I, I want to ask this. Well, well since you, it's you, just I, a final I think statement, because I, I think I, it's important. The, 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 the other uh, other option is what what Democrats want. Your Democrats are fine with with abortion up to delivery. Uh, yeah, that, that's, that's that's unfathomable. That they certainly this are. Is they, a that, that that is absolutely on the How table for Democrats. How many cases of a woman having an abortion at delivery do well, you know okay, of that have okay, been reported? Okay, I want to ask you. I want to. I want to. How many? Just that, give me a number. That, that Democrats are fine with that, though. But but this is at, a stalking at, horse at, of the Republican point, Party. At, okay. Instead of giving women the rights, you want to give Mike Pence and Clarence Thomas the rights over a majority of American women that want to choose their own reproductive health choices. Okay. I ask you today, make accessing that wisdom your life's work. Because everything depends on it. Fuck the Supreme Court. Equally as heartbroken um, over what happened in America yesterday, the Supreme Court decided to overturn Roe v. Wade, um, which is a law that ensures a woman's right to a safe abortion and other basic human rights. I'm devastated and terrified, and so many women and so many girls are going to die because of this. And um, I wanted to dedicate this next song to the five members of the Supreme Court who have showed us that at the end of the day, they truly don't give about freedom. This song goes out to the justices, Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, and Brett Kavanaugh. We hate you. We hate you. Texas really embarrassing me right now, y'all know that's my home state, and I want to have it on the record that the mother girls and the hot boys do not support this bull****. Today is a really, really dark day for uh, women in the U.S. And uh, I'm just going to say that because I can't bear to think about it any longer than this moment. 
God's beads. They judge you, they judge Christ. God's beads for women's rights. They judge you, they judge Christ. God's beads for women's rights. They judge you, they judge Christ. God's beads for women's rights. They judge you, they judge Christ. God's beads for women's rights. The Supreme Court. Are there any Americans here? Who wants to say f Supreme Court on three? One, two, three. Let it out. <laughs> Let it out. <laughs> There was a Supreme Court leak of this decision. We've known for months that this was coming, and somehow it was still shocking. Yeah. And I think it's because for so many years, it has been a political wedge issue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I think nobody ever thought that the dog would actually catch the bus. Mm -hmm. And so now we have to live with the consequences, and there's just this, you know, the, the, the division in the country. I, the court is basically saying to welcome, you know, it's time to welcome all this new life, um, yet we can shoot them uh, with our newly available, completely uh, yeah. <laughs> unrestricted guns. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think it is hypocritical and wrong to ban a family from making their own choice of what's best for them doesn't mean that you don't love your special needs um, family members that you don't adore them and they are part of the family but that we know first-hand experience just how difficult it is to beg and plead for years sometimes to be able to get some help so if they're going to ban a, a family's choice there's going to be more poor kids yeah. There's oh, going to be more kids in adoption. There's going to be more kids in foster care. There's going to be more abused kids. Right. There's going to be a, a lot of other things. The idea that any of these female governors who are sitting there talking about, you know, they want to be a, a voice for the silent, be a voice for the present. Be a voice for the ones you can also see. And stop saying to people that this is a win for all women because it's not think of all the horrible the things exception. that yeah. would cause you to make this horrific decision that no one makes with a smile on their face nobody because what's next as clarence thomas is signaling mm -hmm. they would like to get rid of contraception mm -hmm. do you understand sir no because you don't that's have crazy. to use it but that's crazy they don't well, have to use well, it that is on the insane menu now. contraception's on the menu gay marriage is, well, is now probably going to be overturned affirmative action is we no were more. not in the constitution either well, we were not even people he is in saying the Constitution. Nothing is pressing what, anymore. Well, but, you but, better but hope Clarence, that they don't come for you, Clarence, and say you should not be married to your wife, oh. who happens to be white, because they will move that. And you better hope That's that nobody it. says, you know, well, you're not in the Constitution. You're back to being a quarter we're of a back person. Because is the the difference between voters on the right and voters on the left. Voters on the right never give up. They don't get tired. Decade after decade, they lost and lost and lost until they won. And they, in the process, Anthea, took over state houses, state senates, and governorships so that they are positioned to now take ownership of the, about half the women in this country. About 48% of the women now live in red states. So you're talking about the fact that those state legislatures, at least according to the Supreme Court, the women in those states are their property and they can do whatever they want.
And so now it's about trying to convince voters, you're going to need to switch those people out and vote in prosecutors who won't prosecute you and state reps and state senators who won't destroy you um, and governors who won't veto. This was a generationally long strategy that started the day after Roe and has continued up to this point. And it's used violence as well as biased laws in order to get what they wanted. So my concern is that we have a rogue court and Chief Justice Roberts has a rogue court on his hands and they're not going to stop with abortion rights. They're going to plow into affirmative action, same-sex marriage and create a United States based on the 1940s because mm. this is a nationalist agenda, a nationalist agenda that Donald Trump was, a, it was a, I guess he's most visible leader of, but that mindset of nationalism is percolating right below the surface in this country. Well, then that brings me to this, because you and I spoke Friday and you said this movement to overturn Roe v. Wade is fueled by a number of things, like you just spelled out, including a fear of the black and browning of America. And then listen to what an Illinois representative said just last night at a Trump rally, spelling out why she believes overturning Roe v. Wade is a victory. Listen. President Trump, on behalf of all the MAGA patriots in America, I want to thank you for the historic victory for white life in the Supreme Court yesterday. So that comment has gotten a lot of traction and criticism on social media. Her spokesperson told uh, various news outlets that Miller meant to say right to life, not white life. I mean, slip of the tongue or not, um, explain why you say this is a real catalyst against abortion rights. I mean, this is something I've been saying for many years. Um, the nationalist movement is a movement that comes and goes in this country. And we have statutes from the 1800s, to early 1900s, again and again. When the white population begins to dip, the fear is they will not be in majority and therefore not be in power. By the year 2045, the U.S. Census has said this, that this country is going to be majority people of color. That is something that has fueled a lot of what um, drove um, white voters to the polls. This is what this is about at its core. The idea that the white population is dipping. They're not having as many babies. And I'm going to say something else, Frederica. And I, mm -hmm. and I said before, was what I said before. They don't care about the fact that this would mean brown and black babies will be born because we have undereducation of brown and black children. We have underemployment of brown and black adults. We have health care. All of those things then continue to undermine the population growth of those brown and black babies into adulthood and therefore giving rise to more of these um, white adults who will stay in power, even if it's an apartheid system in which they're the minority, but then have these midterm elections will mean a lot. But I also see this as a North Star moment, a kind of third reconstruction. If we can understand 1865 with the abolition of slavery as being part of the first reconstruction, the 13th, 14th amendments, and then in the middle part, the 1964 Civil Rights Act and 1965 Voting Rights Act as being second reconstructions, we need to get it right this time. And we understand the urgency of centering the lives of girls and women and folks who are LGBTQ and individuals with disabilities 
disabilities as part of that new horizon that arc towards justice which we continue to lean into but i think it's also important to understand that we are still linked to the vestiges of slavery and we see that in ways that are all around us in the united states with the rise of white supremacy which is also tied to the efforts to dismantle roe v wade and so as we think about getting it right we need to recenter the conversation and be honest about the vestiges of jim crow that remain with us the vestiges of american slavery that are with us i mean we right now have free states and non-free states as it relates to bodily autonomy it's incredible that's an incredible incredible way of thinking about this day um that will forever be part of our history uh, michelle goodwin fatima Good morning and welcome to This Week. On Friday morning, women in this country, like they have for nearly 50 years, woke up with a constitutional right to abortion, a right enshrined by the Supreme Court's 1973 decision in Roe v. Wade and reaffirmed again and again. But just after 10 a.m. on Friday, a legal earthquake, the court stripping women of that fundamental right. In a 6-3 decision, the conservative majority upheld Mississippi's ban on abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy, with five of those justices voting to go even further, overturning Roe v. Wade. The first time an individual right of this magnitude set in decades of precedent has been taken away. Since the announcement, abortion rights activists have swarmed the court and launched protests across the country alongside anti-abortion rights groups celebrating a landmark legal and political victory decades in the making. Abortion is now a matter for the states and Congress, a decision for voters and their elected leaders rather than between a woman and her doctor. The decision had an immediate effect. As of this morning, abortion is now illegal in eight states. Seven additional states had passed so-called trigger laws that automatically went into effect once Roe was overturned. And in the coming weeks and months, a total of 26 states are expected to ban or severely restrict abortion. Just 16 states, plus Washington, D.C., have laws that explicitly protect access to abortion care. President Biden called Friday's decision a sad day for the court and for the country and talked about the steps the administration will take in the wake of the ruling. Amid so much uncertainty, what does seem clear is the emergence of a new era in which the Supreme Court, like so much of the rest of the country, is mired by partisan divide. It's all certain to keep the court at the center of a... That is part of what drove it. Look, you know what the Republican Party should do now? It should use this victory, if you see it that way, to change itself and become a party that helps women change its reputation, become a party that helps women and children, becomes responsible right. and supportive. Mm -hmm. That they can now lie to duly elected members of the United States Senate in order to secure Supreme Court uh, nomin uh, confirmations and, and, and seats on the Supreme Court. This do you think lying, is what we're saying, think lying in a confirmation a, a, hearing is an impeachable offense? I believe so. Okay. I believe so. 
I believe lying under oath is an impeachable offense. Um, I believe that violating federal law in not disclosing income from political organizations, as Clarence Thomas uh, mm -hmm. did years ago, is also potentially an impeachable offense. I believe that, um, that not recusing uh, from cases that one clearly has family members involved in uh, with very deep violations of conflict of interest are also impeachable offenses. And I believe that this is something that should be very seriously considered, uh, including by member by senators like Joe Manchin and Susan Collins. So think about this in the coverage in the last couple of days. Kate, I see all these split screen images, you know, one person who's cheering, another person who's jeering. I see tears on one side and then I see celebrations on the other. That 50-50 split. Isn't that actually misleading? Isn't that actually distorting? Absolutely, Brian. That is a complete distortion of the facts that we know about how people feel about abortion access and specifically the legality of abortion. We know that eight in 10 Americans want abortion to be legal. So when you put that split, split screen up of you know one person who loves it, one person who hates it, well, that's completely ignoring Which, the Which, to be fair, we are doing right now. Well, where's your news director? No, I'm kidding you. But it's all me. It's all me. I choose the videos. But I, I, I did this on purpose because I do think this actually is part of the issue. New CBS polling from your alma mater today. Uh, abortion in your state should be what? Nine percent of Americans say illegal in all cases. Uh, the rest say either illegal in most cases, uh, legal in most cases, or legal in all cases. But only nine percent of Americans say it should be completely illegal in their state. And yet, we have states that are doing exactly that. I mean, before the Roe ruling, we saw Oklahoma pass a ban on abortion at fertilization. I mean, Texas State Representative Donna Howard, a Democrat, found an unlikely ally in former Republican State Representative Sarah Davis. They're calling for these nonprofits to be regulated and demanding accountability for a program called Alternatives to Abortion, which helps fund crisis pregnancy centers. In Texas, they outnumber abortion clinics nine to one. When I say alternatives to abortion, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, waste of money, waste of taxpayer dollars, lack of accountability, and actually no metrics that indicate that it has anything to do with averting abortions. It's just a program to make Republicans feel good, like they're doing something to help women. Does it help women? No. The program will cost Texas taxpayers a hundred million dollars over the next two years. This is probably the only program, at least that I'm aware of, where the legislature basically writes a blank check without knowing what they're getting. While some of the centers provide free services like diapers, ultrasounds, and STD testing, none of the Texas facilities are licensed medical providers, though some women report believing that they are. At another center our producers visited near the border, a female staffer implied abortions can cause cancer and infertility. She then played a video saying they also cause mental illness. All of that categorically false. Alternatives to abortion in Texas has also received federal tax dollars, $45 million over the last 15 years. Money intended is temporary help for needy families. These are desperate people who need these funds and instead it's going to a program that provides things like pamphlets that provides some classes would you go so far as to say that in some instances they are actually committing fraud yes yeah 
They point to the misinformation and a case currently being investigated in which state funds from the program were allegedly used by the president of a center. is legal and, and here in California we're doing everything we can to ensure that access it will be um, will have access for patients without barriers. The answer to a crisis pregnancy is to care for the mother and to care for the baby in the womb. The womb is now in Oklahoma the safest place for a child to be. That's why I put the Jane Roe was false in the front. Twerking. And all the histrionics. I mean, look at this fucking picture. Look at the little boy. It's basically his mom saying, nobody wants to have two beautiful children. That is fucking horrible, man. And in that, you saw fucking flamethrowers. You saw violence all over the place. There's new places have been burned and fucked up by the left. Jean's Revenge, sorry. I came straight in from a walk and grabbed some chow so I wouldn't be hungry because that's bad. And Wow. My boogers are boogery. I mean... In that clip, the way they're just talking about, like it's the end of the world. Newsflash. It got worse overnight. They brought back HRC. And we get a stark warning from Hillary Clinton after the Supreme Court's controversial decision to overturn Roe v. Wade. Women are going to die, Gail. Women will die. We are only at the beginning of this uh, terrible travesty that this court has uh, inflicted on us inflicted on us is the word she used and she is not holding anything back she had a lot more to say looking forward to that conversation former secretary of state hillary clinton says the supreme court's monumental abortion ruling could lead to other decisions turning back the clock on civil rights in her first on-camera interview about the ruling we asked her about justice clarence thomas's written opinion he said that the court should reconsider past rulings on contraception and same-sex marriage. Justice Thomas has sort of floated that out there about contraceptive rights, yes. contraception, and about same-sex marriages. But other justices have pushed back to say, no, he's really sort of on his own with that. Well, Don't he, believe that? Well, he may be on his own, but he's signaling, as he often did. You know, people, I went to law school with him. Mm -hmm. He's been a person of grievance for as long as I've known him. Resentment, grievance, anger. More of our fascinating conversation with Hillary Clinton, why she hopes the end of Roe v. Wade will be a wake-up call for America. She told us that this is a risky time for American democracy. Last week, uh, the Roe v. Wade decision was made. 
And even though we had gotten a heads up, many people thought it was unthinkable. A lot of people are still processing, depending on your point of view. What did you think when you heard it? You know, a couple of the senators have said that they were misled by the justices. Does this, does this say to you that we need to change the confirmation hearing process? Is this but, a time for the Democrats to take on the filibuster, do you think? Well, I've, I've been saying for quite some time, I think the filibuster is, it should be eliminated. You're a former first lady, former secretary of state, former senator. Do you miss the day-to-day -day of politics? Is there any scenario in your brain? Women are gonna die! You're gonna die! I, I just, once again, I, I... It's hard to do these podcasts because... It's almost comedic. It, it's just comedic. And some of you out there, if you're liberal, you're strolling in, well, women will die because they'll have entopic, uh, entopic pregnancies, which are medically covered. That's not an abortion. That's like a, a serious problem. And they go in and take the clump of cells, because it's not a baby at that point, out to use your verbiage. That was 25 minutes of fucking insanity. Titties. I mean, AOC is leading the front. She literally says, and I hope I have, there it is, yeah. I had to tell people in Congress what a period was. Yeah, sure you were. But she quantified what I just love about, you know, what the media is always covering up you can't be pro-life listen to what she says also if you live in a uh in a blue area when people say go vote that should include primary elections too because the thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about is the fact that not every democrat is pro-choice okay so the ones that aren't we really need to reassess if it's appropriate for them to continue to serve in 2022. No pro-life. You cannot be pro-life. It's what a real woman is, killing babies. And then, and then we just, what the fuck is this? That is like the real hand mail. It's two K guys with the birthing mother, mother in the background. That's not a joke. That's a real thing. It's all over the internet. Well, this is a banner day because I just had another fucking power outage. All right, let's um, let's go back and uh, do it again because I just lost everything I said, which is great. So we got the handmaids. Uh, this is Jamel Hill, and Jamel Hill pretty much sums up the ignorance of the left because simultaneously when guns came down, we then got the abortion, and then we got praying in school. It wasn't praying in school. It was a guy's constitutional right to after a football game by himself without any coercion go take a fucking knee. It's done in every sport there is. But the left atheists didn't like it. So now they're making a big deal about that. They're, oh, how about Muslims and Ali Akbar and Jesus Christ. Then we get the uglies. We just get the uglies and it's so fucking ugly I can't even, even articulate the amount of fucking ugly we have going on right now with them showing who they are. This lady, I prescribe meds. Sometimes I don't. Go fuck yourself. Threatening to kill people. It's all over the internet. I'm finna kill everyone with an AK-47. 
It wasn't taken down. The six justices have a shitty life, and we should fuck with them for the rest of their goddamn lives. Because they didn't do what we wanted. Hmm. And then CNN brings out Planned Parenthood. All they do is have Planned Parenthood all the time. The people that have killed 64 fucking million babies. And let them come on and lie and talk about a topic. It's always in topic, which is a lie. But they just, it's always in topic. Rape, incest. They're getting off on some guy who's going to try to pass a bill that men have to get vasectomies. That's their counter. Eh, that worked. Paul Krugman and a lot of think pieces. How did the GOP get so extreme? You did this in 2016. You did this in 2000 when Bush won. You were always saying they're extreme. So what the fuck are you talking about? And it comes back to that picture. That fucking picture just breaks my fucking heart. I mean, those poor fucking kids. That's your mom. Who wants to have healthy kids? I don't want healthy kids. Fuck kids. I want to abort these kids. I wish I never even have it. That's what that sign says. I wish I never had kids. What a fucking horrible thing to say. Nausea pill. Saving my life. And there we have the VP. And from now on, I'm not using this setup. This just doesn't work. i got to make me smaller or do something because it just doesn't work. PolitiFact jumps to Joe Biden's defense. Even though myriad of Democrats have found out that in Europe it's 15 fucking weeks. And we have states that have codified road to abortion in college let me get uh, let me go backwards where the fuck is it because I already went through this there we go we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there and now you're going to see everything we're about to talk about because it all got fucked there it is so she got hit from the right for being a fucking idiot. She got hit from the left for making women, because we have women again, be helpless. But but she tried. And then we get the the abortion is. It's going to hurt female justices. Wait a minute. It's going to hurt black people. Wait a minute. It's going to hurt LGBT, transgender men, women, whatever. That, that's all over the fucking place. Then they brought out every celebrity who ever wanted to kill their baby. There's articles everywhere. That's why I played in that 25-minute bumper of them just losing their shit over, oh my God, we're going to lose abortions. We won't be able to kill things. We might have to actually be responsible. That means everywhere. Catholics. Those evil fucking Catholics. And then this is the one that I wanted to cover because it really pisses me off. During BLM, we had people not even get relieved for saying white people are garbage humans. Remember Colorado? Battalion commander said that. 
They don't have a problem with that shit, because a million of them are all fucking woke. Well, this guy does it, and he's in trouble. But he's a Christian. His freedom of speech, no, 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 we don't do that. Hundreds of Amazon employees are now saying we don't want to sell to pro-life states. So we need to stop selling. Cut those accounts off. Just fucking crazy. Colorado attacked. Fox News was attacked. Now we're getting attacked. How abortion misinformation and disinformation spread online. Not that we don't have abortion anymore. No, that's not what we're talking about. That entopic pregnancy, rape and incest, that's not what we're talking about. That you can't have an abortion anymore, that's not what we're talking about. No, we're talking about this didn't change anything. That's your disinformation. But this is what's going to hurt the left. Hundreds of people, not thousands, they're even leaning it off that way. Hundreds of people are showing up to protests. It's not George Floyd. And the reality is, this isn't a table issue. Gas, inflation, groceries, how those people actually doing what's called, what's that word, uh, family planning, because there's baby food shortages? Immigration? People are trying to figure out how they're going to pay their electricity bill because that's gone up too. They're not really thinking about abortion because we do live in a society with a shit ton, a shit ton of contraceptions. They're such idiots. And then we get into what I said when this broke. They don't follow laws. They're never going to follow anything the left, the right comes up with. And now they want to have, let's go to Yosemite. Let's go to Yellowstone and get a abortion. What are you doing concretely in response to the court's decision to try to help women? Well, we're working with uh, centers like Planned Parenthood, so we are uh, restoring funding for Title X uh, family planning services. We are working with uh, uh, supporters on the ground to make sure that we are providing services to women where we can. Uh, we are looking into everything, including assisting in transportation, something that HHS doesn't typically do. Can you do that legally? Uh, talk to me later. Uh, we're I mean, that's do, a big question, right? I, I always tell my team at HHS, uh, if you've done your homework, then we have no right to do mild. And so we're going to be aggressive and go all the way. And I, I would tell you if uh, you're recording, so I won't tell you. So, uh, this is all on the record, yeah. Mr. Secretary. We are looking at every option and among those is transportation. What, say that again. We are looking at every option and among those is transportation. Transporting women to other states. And I think one of the things that we know, too, is that there are also actions at President Biden's disposal that he can mobilize. Aren't there? I'll start with the babiest of the babiest of the baby steps. Open abortion clinics on federal lands in red states right now. What 
the fuck? Biden administration is on Planned Parenthood on the edge of national parks. They could put up tents, have trained personnel, and we can have emergency, like, mass units. That's against the Hyde Amendment. And then you you literally get SE Cup here saying this is the end of the GOP. And I'm going to play you a rebuttal by some random person. But she's spot on. SE, again, the question that, that Brianna asked, I think, is the right one. It's sort of now what? What are now that anti-abortion activists got what they wanted, right, which is to overturn Roe versus Wade, what happens now politically, do you think? It's hard to imagine the Republican Party surviving this. Um, Between anti-abortion, anti-LGBTQ, book banning, anti-democracy, I mean, add all the regressive bullshit, uh, garbage, sorry, to this, I don't take that back. Um, add it all together, and I don't know who's left in the future in future generations to be drawn to this party. If you look back at 2016, I think people voted for Trump for a wide array of reasons. Some of them garbage, but some of them legitimately economic or even foreign policy. I think the people voting for more Trump, more MAGA now are really motivated by very few reasons, and so there are fewer of them. And when you imagine that I think for the first time, maybe we should ask Jeff Tubin, a generation will be able to say my parents had a right that I don't have today. For the first time, a right was taken back. Um, I can't imagine how Republicans message to new voters and don't just keep. You know who the left should blame for the overturning of Roe versus Wade? Not the Supreme Court, not Christians, not conservatives, not Republicans, not pro-lifers. The only ones they should be blaming are themselves. It is 100% their fault Roe got overturned. A lot of people, myself included at one point in time, could sympathize with the scared teenager, with the drug addict who had no business bringing a baby into this world. We could understand that we didn't like it, we didn't agree with it, but we could at least understand it. We went from safe, legal, and rare to up to the moment of birth. We gave you an inch and you took a mile. We drew the line when you decided that you should be able to murder a fully formed infant up to the moment it exits your body. You have no one to blame but yourselves. They rot this themselves. Most of us were pro-choice until you started the live birth abortion bullshit. Nobody's down with that. Nobody. So... Some threads that I thought were good, and I don't think I grabbed... No, I didn't grab them, but that's fine. Our slides have been fucked up today. Uh, This person is... uh, Fuck, I don't even know what her fucking name is. It's a bunch of shit. I'm going to boom this up. Listen up, silly liberals, because here is the truth about SCOTUS overturning Roe v. Wade. No, most Americans do not support abortion up until the moment of birth. In fact, it's only 12% that do. 57% 
believe abortion should be banned as soon as a heartbeat is detected. Less than 1% of all abortions are the result of rape and incest, so stop acting like it's an epidemic. Pro-life Christians are not the ones who brought this to SCOTUS, but rather an abortion clinic trying to overturn the state's law, banning it after 15 weeks. Oops. Abortion is not a constitutional right. There is no mechanism in the document to address it. Thus, it always belonged at the state level as the will of the people prevails as intended. No state has ever any plans to outlaw abortion. Justice Samuel Lito explained, wrote, that nothing in this opinion should be understood to cast down our precedents before. So stop lying. Pro-life people are not all religious. You don't need to believe in God to believe in the sanctity of life. Your contraceptions are in no danger. There are over 16 different types of birth control. STDs are still a thing, so if you're not getting your partners tested using condoms, then you're at great risk. You are responsible for your reproduction, so let's stop pretending you magically fall on the D against your will. Teach your daughters how to be responsible and stop looking at abortion as a method of birth control. Safe, legal, and rare. Remember that trope? Spot on. Fucking spot on, and she's right. I think it's a her, because it shows her face. You brought this. Another one. Amy Curtis. Let the leftist rage begin. Again. You have to understand this is about leftists. What they like is compulsory. What they dislike is banned. Anything outside that, like choosing to pray in the world akin to forced prayer. Just like Roe being overturned is forced birth, it's not. It's literally let states democratically vote on what restrictions they do or don't want. But as we saw with Prop B in California and gay marriage votes elsewhere in early 2000s, it's not enough. The people screaming the loudest about preserving democracy actually hate democratic votes. They only like them when they think they can win. If Cali and New York were red, not blue, abolishing the Electoral College and National Popper vote wouldn't be discussed. We saw it with COVID. Most recently, you couldn't, you couldn't assess your personal risk. They did, based on their very skewed perception. You were forced to lock down, mass socially distance vaccine against your better judgment and a job loss. They didn't care. Find another job, they said, as Biden tried to force vaccine mandates on pretty much everything. But finding an abortion clinic in another state, too burdensome. So they make up their extreme scenarios. No treatment for atopic presidency, law enforcement tracking period apps, and tampon purchases. Because it's a form of stuff they like to do. To you, not them. It's why they propose vasectomy legislation. They say it's hyperbole, but it's not. The two issues are not related. A man cannot get a woman pregnant, nor can a woman get pregnant unless they have sex. Sterilizing one or both because they just do it rather than education is ridiculous. There's not one adult in America who does not know how or have access to birth control. They choose to engage in unprotected sex. Exceptions for rape, incest, mother's health are reasonable, albeit tragic and compromises, but that's not what this is about. It's about unfettered access to brutal barbaric procedures that 97% of the time is birth control. It's also why they lament European laws, which are actually just as or more stringent than ours. They're enraged because now they have to make better choices, be responsible, and access those resources that have been there all along. And she didn't add that they fought for. We did a whole election on birth control. But I digress. Digress. They're mad because the mask slips. 
What they like is compulsory. What they disliked is banned. Anything outside of that is either forcing someone to do something or banning it. Their mentality can be summed up in a GIF, and it's... I'm not going to play it. A side note, Clarence Thomas. American citizens are seemingly more interested in their iPhones than the Constitution. And it's true. Most of them don't know this. They don't know any of this. They, they believe whatever Twitter tells them. I want to play this slide because I think this... Is it there? Uh, breaking news. Which one is it? I know I have it somewhere. Where the fuck is it? Okay, it's not in that one. Put it somewhere. Oh, I fucking suck today. There it is. That is from the LA Times. And I think if you look through all this stuff and really break it down, the racist Thomas statements, everything we talked about in the last two podcasts, what the fuck is that? If that came out of the Tennessean or the Atlanta Constitutional Journal by a white guy, sweet googly goo. What would happen? So, two things, and I don't think I have this slide. I don't. I'm going to get it. I'm going to play you that video again, because I want to cover this before I move into insurrection. She says she's a devout Christian. That's a lie. She's certainly no Christian. And she says she loves children. That seems confusing. Why is Nancy Pelosi so enthusiastic about abortion if she loves children? Relax. Nancy Pelosi has assured us many times that no one loves children more than Nancy Pelosi does. Well, when people ask me what are the three most important issues facing the Congress, for my whole time in Congress, I've always said the same thing. Our children, our children, our children. Oh, our, our children. Just have fewer of them. We're going to put abortion camps on federal lands. So you don't have to deal with children. But Nancy Pelosi still tells us she loves kids. So we kind of took her at face value until we saw this tape from last week. This tape shows Nancy Pelosi elbowing the child, the child of Republican Myra Flores, who just won a congressional seat in South Texas. Myra Flores responded to this incident this way. I'm so proud of my strong, beautiful daughter for not allowing this to phase her. No child should be pushed to the side for a photo op, period. So there is Nancy Pelosi elbowing a little girl who got in her camera shot. That tells you a lot. You know what would happen if Mitch McConnell or any Republican did that? It was a nothing burger. Nobody even talked about it. They said that she was trying to get them into the photo. That's what they actually said. They ran with that, and, and no media even carried it. But it's because she was a Republican. A Republican. You, you can't do that when, you know, or you can do that with the media. Because fuck Republicans. She's a turncoat. So I'm going to play our insurrection bumper. I already had this tooled up. Then we'll get to the money shot. Because I will say that is one thing that uh, uh, friends of mine, pro-life, 
uh, friends of mine, conservative uh, uh, lawyers of mine, uh, and, and others uh, underlined. It, said not, it wasn't just the holding uh, taking away a fundamental right over the past 50 years. They found the tone to be confrontational. And anyone who has followed the Supreme Court, anyone who has read constitutional law, knows that most justices, especially in landmark decisions, bend over backwards to explain how this is not a radical move. This is this is we are moving forward and we're moving in the direction uh, that this country has been moving in. And we understand their problems. But this is and they'll round off some of the harsher edges. They will give something to their opponents, uh, their, their, their legal or ideological opponents. There was none of that there. I, I've got to say, more than any Supreme Court decision I've ever read, uh, it 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 was uh, even the language. There was a violence to the reasoning. We win, you lose. Yeah. We're taking away these rights, and there's nothing you can do about it. I please, if somebody disagrees with me, please let me know where a court has overruled. Uh, a, a right that's been in place for 50 years and done so in in, in such uh, such an aggressive manner with absolutely no grace and absolutely uh, no outreach to their legal or ideological opponents. Michael. Right. This, this is authoritarian. They're trying to say essentially you in America who don't like the fact. And Congressman Torres, I mean, you are a congressman from New York City, from the Bronx. How concerned are you uh, about the implications of this Supreme Court decision? I've never been more concerned. Um, The Supreme Court's decision is going to deepen the epidemic of gun violence, which has become the leading cause of death of children and teenagers. Uh, For me, gun violence is not an abstraction. I live in the Bronx, which has seen a more than 200 percent rise in the number of shooting victims and shooting incidents. In my own backyard, I've seen three police officers shot, an 11-month-old child shot. And so the Supreme Court has made it so that masses of people can carry firearms in public in a city as densely populated as New York, which is a situation we've never seen before Mm -hmm. and could have untold implications for public safety. The Supreme Court has essentially held that cities like New York can no longer protect their residents from gun violence. You know, there's a there's a, a phrase in the Supreme Court decision that just made my blood run cold. And that was, you know, someone should be able to carry carry a concealed weapon for, quote, ordinary self-defense. How many times have we seen stories about someone feeling that they were threatened and they shot someone and that someone was black or brown? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of research, including a lot that I cite in my book, that talks about how, you know, the, the, um, basically the, the, it, it ties into implicit bias, the idea of how you feel threatened, who do you feel threatened about, and they interviewed, there was, a, there was a, a couple of studies that interviewed gun owners in Texas, and they said, why do you carry a gun? And the gun owners would say, well, I, I could pull up to a bodega and a gangbanger could show up, or a carjacker, or something like that. And then the follow-up question was, has that ever happened to you? And they were like, well, no, but it could. So you, this idea of kind of imagining a racial other, which ties into mm-hmm. histories of gun ownership and, and race in this country, really. So here's a new story you may have missed. Joe Biden has repeatedly denied knowing anything about his son Hunter's extensive business dealings overseas, particularly with the communist government of China. But a new voicemail just unearthed from Hunter Biden's iPhone obtained by the Daily Mail 
proves that Joe Biden is lying. Biden called his son in December of 2018. He wanted to talk to him about a piece in the New York Times about Hunter's business arrangements with a Chinese oil company, a deal that was worth millions of dollars. Now, the story reported that the oil company's executives are going to jail for bribery, not a small thing. Here's what Joe Biden told his son after reading the New York Times piece. Listen. Hey, Palace Dad, it's 8.15 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing, nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times. was good. I think you're clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. I think you're clear. Sounds like he knew. Miranda Devine has written a book on the contents of that laptop. She's a columnist with the New York Post. And, of course, our friend, she joins us tonight. Miranda, thanks so much for coming on. This seems like a bit of a bombshell, given Biden's denials. Well, it is, Tucker, and it again just puts the lie to Joe Biden's repeated insistence that he knew nothing about Hunter's overseas business dealings. In fact, he was intimately involved, and you hear with his own voice where he says to his son about this New York Times uh, story, uh, you, you know, I think you're clear, as in uh, you're out of trouble. This is, um, you know, at least evidence of some sort of guilty knowledge. And um, what it shows is that they were in trouble because the New York Times had come very close to the story about the, the whole Biden family, Hunter, Joe and his brother, uh, Uncle Jim Biden, their involvement with this Chinese energy company in a multi-million dollar uh, partnership. And uh, suddenly Patrick Ho, one of the executives of that company, is arrested at JFK on bribery charges. And the New York Times is sniffing around. And there are texts showing that Hunter is panicking about this. Uh, his lawyer tells him, don't worry, I've hosed down the New York Times. I've been talking to the reporter and they're not going to mention Joe. And then uh, after the story comes out, Hunter's very relieved and he tells his lawyer, uh, well, you did an amazing job of turning it into a big fat nothing. Amazing. Because, of course, Hunter Biden had no skills. He was trading on his father's government <laughs> job. That's how he got the job at the oil company. Exactly. Randy Devine, who's done so much great. So we started yesterday, I was going to do the show, which is the general GOP's garbage, they're horrible people, and they did an emergency session where they brought in a girl and she said the following. When I returned to the White House, I walked upstairs towards the chief of staff's office and I noticed Mr. Renato lingering outside of the office. And once we had made eye contact, he quickly waved me to go into his office, which was just across the hall from mine. When I went in, he shut the door, and I noticed Bobby Angle, who is the head of Mr. Trump's security detail, sitting in a chair, just looking somewhat discombobulated and a little lost. Um, and I, I looked at Tony, and he had said, did you effing hear what happened in the Beast? I said, no, Tony, I, I just got back. What happened? Tony proceeded to tell me that when the president got in the beast, he was under the impression from Mr. Meadows that the off-the-record movement to the Capitol was still possible and likely to happen, but that Bobby had more information. So once the president had gotten into the vehicle with Bobby, 
he thought that they were going up to the Capitol. And when Bobby had relayed to him, we're not, we don't have the assets to do it. It's not secure. We're going back to the West Wing. The president had very strong, a very angry response to that. Um, Tony described him as being irate. The president said something to the effect of, I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. And Mr. when Mr. Renato had recounted this story to me, he had motioned towards his clavicles. And was Mr. Angle in the room as Mr. Renato told you this story? He was. Did Mr. Angle correct or disagree with any part of the story for Mr. Ornato? Mr. Engel did not correct or disagree with any part of the story. Did Mr. Engel or Mr. Ornato ever after that tell you that what Mr. Ornato had just said was untrue? Neither Mr. Ornato nor Mr. Engel told me ever that it was untrue. So she says he throws his food and he lunged, hit somebody in the collarbone, karate chopped it. The most important about this, she says, as it was relayed to me, which is hearsay. There is so much comedy out here. It's hard to even, I, I was just going to do this whole segment just doing the comedy of people. And then he fucking scaled the Washington Monument with two M240s saying, I got your fucking stolen election right here and started shooting black people. So since 2016, we have done a million stories. So many that there were reels like this. We are not fake news. We are real news. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. Some rioters were planning to murder lawmakers. What does Putin have on Trump? Has Trump been compromised? That Kavanaugh aided and abetted in the commission of a gang rape. But it does look like that young man to me is taunting the Native American Vietnam vet. And he's in his face. When you start whipping people with, and you want to split hairs between reins and whips. There is no evidence of any wrongdoing by either Joe or Hunter Biden. Looking ahead to 2020, uh, one reason why I'm taking you seriously as a contender is because of your presence on cable news. A widely held conspiracy theory that the coronavirus was created in a Chinese laboratory. Dr. Fauci, thank you uh, for keeping it straight. Thank you for fighting the good fight. We know the science. We know that masks work. This is now a pandemic of the unvaccinated. It is now a pandemic of choice. You can stay unvaccinated if you want, but you're not going to be able to travel to see your family. Joe Rogan, uh, he came down with COVID. He says, he says he's been taking the uh, livestock dewormer uh, ivermectin. I hope you are able to appreciate what you did in your state and what it means for the rest of the country. Disturbing video last night showed Jacob Blake unarmed, being shot by police. Obviously, we do it overseas against our adversaries, but we don't spy on Americans. If you want to believe the NSA is reading your favorite TV star's emails, go right ahead. He claims it's true. The NSA denies it, of course. There is no one more knowledgeable, more decent, more honest 
uh, more committed to the interests of America than John Brennan. The biggest terror threat in this country comes from radicals on the far right, primarily white men. Domestic terrorism seems to be starting to spread virally in the way that we saw that happen overseas with ISIS. Violence has erupted during anti-lockdown protests. What you are seeing now, these images came and come in stark contrast to what we saw over the course of the daytime hours in Kenosha and into the early evening, which were largely peaceful demonstrations. If only we had a vaccine against BS. We're not here to spin things or uh, you know, color things a certain way. We're here to give the people reliable, accurate information on a daily basis. That's why we all come into work every day. Donald Trump's done. He's done. There's no question about that. He's done. Breaking news. A bombshell. Today is a turning point. Today was historically bad for President Trump. Today was a turning point. A turning point. We're at a turning point here. The beginning of the end for the Trump presidency. The beginning of the end. And breaking news. We have another bombshell. Mike Pence might have to assume the office of the presidency. The call for impeachment. Rumblings of the word impeachment. Breaking news. Another bombshell out of the White House. I believe this is the beginning of the end. I do too. It's really the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. He may be feeling the walls closing in on him. All the walls closing in on him. The walls closing in on him. Breaking news, a new bombshell. One astrologer says this means the beginning of the end for President Donald Trump. The beginning of the end of the Trump presidency. Trump will resign. Trump is going to resign. Is this the tipping point? I know we've said it over and over. You think this is a tipping point? And over and over. This is a tipping point. And over and over. Breaking news, President Trump off the rails. It was the beginning of the end today. The beginning of the end. It reminds me a lot of the last days of Nixon. Breaking news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? This is unbelievable. This is remarkable. Have you ever seen anything like this. His presidency is crippled. December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. We begin with the bombshell. The beginning of the end. 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 In fact, if this were a football game, we're in the third quarter. May even be the beginning of the end. We begin tonight with the bombshell. Donald Trump is in a lot of trouble. Trump is in trouble. The president will resign. Another hour, another bombshell. This is a tipping point. Trump's going down. This president could be impeached. I do not think the president will serve out his term. Resignation. Resignation. I don't think this president is going to serve out his term. Mr. Trump will not serve out his term. He will not serve out his term. No way, no how. Breaking news. An absolute bombshell. I think Donald Trump is in trouble. Donald Trump is not. He's done. And it's over. It's over. The wall's closing in. Well, the wall's closing in. This is going to be the Achilles heel. Breaking news tonight. I expect Trump to depart. This week will be the watershed week. Trump is in big trouble. Trump's in a lot of trouble. It's a sign of a terrified old man who feels the walls closing in. The walls are increasingly closing in on him. Tonight, the walls are closing in. Today changed everything. This is the beginning of the end. Today, the biggest tipping point for the Trump administration. What a historic day. The bombshells, uh, they fell. It's entropy and it's crumbling internally. He's underwater. He feels the walls closing in. Could his testimony be a turning point? We may be at a tipping point. It's the beginning of the end. The beginning of the end. Another bombshell. 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 This is a bombshell. It is a bombshell. I am beginning to resent the word bombshell.
never mind. How the fuck did he stretch eight? I know there's a partition, but he went through and, and grabbed the wheel. How would he even do that? The guy couldn't walk down a ramp. All he lived on was hamburgers and fucking Diet Coke. And he was mentally ill. He can't even drive a car. He's not even, his faculties aren't there, you say. But, but here's just a brief snippet. The media just ran with this shit. In the criminal law, I mean, how much Chris, more do you I, I, Can we talk about Cassidy Hutchinson? First of all, I, and I bow to, <laughs> particularly to you, Andy, as a, somebody involved in prosecutions, she was a great witness. She was absolutely precise. She told you, I mean, if she heard an, overheard a conversation, she'd say, Cipollone went in the room, he left the door open, he was standing in the transom, I was talking, you know, I could hear. Uh, when, when I went into the uh, dining room, I stepped back, but the door was open, I could see Mark Meadows, but I, in the background I could hear what Trump and Cipollone were saying. She was just brilliant, and, and really what you're all saying is that to a degree that nobody has up till now, really nobody in all, think of all the books we've read by all these great investigative reporters, none of them ever had the scene inside the beast, right? Mm. So there are some secrets still out there. But she connected the dots more than anybody has between Giuliani on January 2nd talking about, well, there's going to be violence. And then she talks to Meadows and Meadows says it's going to be real, real bad. And then Cipollone comes in and then Trump's knowledge. And, and, and you know, she just connects the dots between the violence. And, and remember, she also talks about Meadows talking to uh, Michael Flynn and Stone in the. Well, it, and, yeah. and, but the other thing, which you talked about your quote of the day, when she's asked about the 2.24 p.m. tweet by Trump, where he basically, when uh, Pence is under attack and he's saying, you know, too bad he didn't show courage, she says, represent, I, I came in to represent the administration to show all the good it had done. When I read this, I felt frustrated. I, it was disgusting. It was un American. It was unpatriotic. And I was watching the Capitol being defaced over a lot. Can I just say one thing? He wanted to go there with them. They talked about going to the House of Representatives with this mob and Donald Trump strutting in like a Benito Mussolini, declaring himself the next president of the United States. It's laid out. And Mark Meadows, hey, Mark, I've known you for a long time, buddy. You're in deep shit. You're in the middle of this conspiracy. You may want to get yourself a really, really good criminal defense attorney. To quote one of Donald Trump's uh, uh, attorneys, you may want to get one of those. Or, oh, wait, here's an idea, Mark. Here's an idea. You can do something that you've refused to do for years now. You can show courage and you can tell the truth. Hey, Mark, Donald Trump won't protect you. (laughs) He will throw you under the bus. He will stab you in the back. He will let you rot in jail. Defend the country. Or, well, get ready to pay a criminal defense Mm -hmm. attorney a lot of money. What do we have next? The very least. 
Congressman, we've been focused this morning on the details of everything you've been laying out. We've talked about, about the president knowing there were weapons, all the things that happened that day that sort of tried to clear a path for this attempted coup. But one of the narratives, one of the stories that came out of the testimony yesterday that really made headlines and grabbed people's attention also was this incident inside the presidential limousine that Ms. Hutchinson testified to. I mean, in stunning detail about a president who got up and tried to grab the wheel and then was, got into a physical altercation with his lead Secret Service agent. Our chief White House correspondent Peter Alexander reporting this morning that a Secret Service spokesman tells him agents in Trump's presidential SUV are available to testify under oath responding to Hutchinson's new allegations. A source close to the Secret Service says both men dispute that Trump grabbed the <coughs> steering wheel or assaulted an agent. They do not deny, however, that Trump was irate and demanded they drive to the Capitol. Is it your understanding, and have you corroborated from other witnesses, that President Trump grabbed the steering wheel in that limousine and got into an altercation with his lead agent? Well, Cassidy Hutchinson um, is an entirely credible witness. Um, she testified under oath in front of the entire country. Everyone was able to right. judge uh, her demeanor. Uh, she has no motivation or interest in lying in any way. And so what we have on the other hand is uh, some anonymously sourced rumors of feelings of particular agents. Look, anybody who wants to testify can come forward and testify under oath about what happened. All we're interested in uh, is the truth. And, uh, you know, I, I sort of expected yesterday that uh, Ms. Hutchinson, as a young woman telling the truth, would come under fire um, from anonymous sources. But, you know, that's Washington for you. Uh, but well, I, I will I, tell you yeah. that nobody is challenging the central material facts of her testimony that Donald Trump and Mark Meadows were perfectly aware that there were armed people in the crowd yes. and that Donald Trump wanted to wave them in in order to swell the force of that crowd, which he then aimed uh, like a missile at the U.S. Capitol. And in fact, he wanted to lead that yeah. march up uh, to the Capitol. He wanted to be in there. And uh, that's what he became so irate about. And nobody's challenging that. Um, so. Uh, you know, the, the, again, I, I fully expected that Ms. Hutchinson would come under attack, but uh, from my estimation, she spoke with entire credibility and authenticity yesterday. And we've, again, as I said, we've been focused on exactly what you just mentioned, the, the plot that day. But as you know, it's going to be used in certain quarters uh, as evidence that, well, now you can't believe anything she said if this story turns out not to be true. So is it your understanding? You've seen all the evidence. You've heard from witnesses. You've talked to the two people who are in this story, Mr. I Renato and Mr. Engel. Did that incident happen in the car? Okay, I guess we lost Congressman Jamie Raskin. Uh, we lost his IFB there. Uh, so I'm sitting there mocking it like everybody else, and I'm getting into all the great sound uh, pictures and stories of what else Trump did and incitement, and Twitter's going crazy. They just, gotta, just keep feeding it because this girl who wanted to go to Mar-a-Lago, but he didn't bring her with, and she's he doesn't even know who she is. Mark Meadows, because he's turning now. Oh, she wouldn't lie. By 7 p.m., NBC and ABC had debunked it. 
A source close to the Secret Service just told me to expect that the Secret Service will push back against any allegation of an assault against an agent or President Trump reaching for the steering wheel, David. Very just interesting. So that, that exchange that was described today, the Secret Service wants to answer that under oath. So we'll wait for that development coming. Pierre Thomas with late reporting. Our thanks to you. During the Watergate hearings 50 years ago, there was only one surprise witness. It was Alexander Butterfield who revealed there was a White House taping system. Well, in the January 6 hearings, the surprise witness is Cassidy Hutchinson. Then Chief of Staff Mark Meadows' top aide described the then president's fits of rage that included throwing plates of food, grabbing the steering wheel of the presidential limo, and lunging at a Secret Service agent. Hutchinson said Trump was furious that Secret Service agents were keeping some of his supporters outside of the White House ellipse because they had weapons. When the day began, Cassidy Hutchinson was a name and face unknown to most Americans. By the end of the day, she'd made history, including her description of an altercation in the presidential limo when his chief Secret Service agent, Bobby Engel, refused to bring then-President Donald Trump to the U.S. Capitol, to which he just directed the crowd on January 6th. The president said something to the effect of... I'm the effing president, take me up to the Capitol now. To which Bobby responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing. The president reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab at the steering wheel. Mr. Engel grabbed his arm, said, sir, you need to take your hand off the steering wheel. We're going back to the West Wing. We're not going to the Capitol. Mr. Trump then used his free hand to lunge towards Bobby Angle. Let's bring in our Chief Justice Correspondent, Pierre Thomas, because this was a significant piece of testimony, Pierre. Cassidy Hutchinson saying she was told that the former president lunged at that Secret Service agent in the presidential SUV. Uh, curious what the Secret Service is saying about all this tonight. David, the Secret Service so far is not commenting on specifics, but just informed me that they would like to respond under oath. Two sources familiar with the investigation confirmed that President Trump had requested to go to the Capitol on January 6th and that the Secret Service refused due to security concerns. One of those sources telling me that the president did return to the vehicle after his speech on the morning of January 6th and asked Agent Robert Ingle if he could go to the Capitol. Ingle said something to the effect of that being unwise or dangerous and that the motorcade was going to take the president back to the White House. A source close to the Secret Service just told me to expect that the Secret Service will push back against any allegation of an assault against an agent or President Trump reaching for the steering wheel, David. Peter, I know you've just spoken to a source who has a strong response to Hutchinson's allegations. Yeah, that's right. Tonight, late tonight, in fact, Lester, a source close to the Secret Service tells NBC News that both the lead agent and the limo driver prepared to testify under oath that neither man was assaulted and that Mr. Trump never lunged for the steering wheel. Meanwhile, Hutchinson all also said today that she heard Mr. Trump had agreed to deliver a speech on January 7th condemning the violence only after AIDS warned him that the 25th Amendment might be used. We should note we also... How many? Tear gassing at the church. I'm just doing one article, then I'll go with the ones they missed. 
Uh, he used a military against people. That, that was wrong for a photo op. Lab leak theory. That, that's true. Trump ignored Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers. There never was. Told Georgia officials to find fraud. Trump said white supremacists were fine people. Trump referred to legal immigrants as animals. Trump put kids in cages. That, that was a lie. It was actually a bomb. Lied when he said the campaign was wiretap. Trump removed MLK bus. Uh, koi fish. When that was bullshit. Um, Jesus. It, it's like never fucking ending. The list of things that uh, Normandy and right now, as I sit here opening fucking pages for the next segment that if you're watching the video is probably ignore, uh, really kind of annoying. Like when I spit or I eat food, that probably sucks, too. We got an actual FBI verified fucking laptop that says that Biden is the fucking big guy. And there's. There's no investigation. There's no fucking hearings. I mean, every time we do hearings, when the right does it, and they have both parties represented, and the media just goes crazy... They're fake hearings. They're kabuki theater. That's what we're told over and 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 over. But that's why they had an emergency hearing. To have a girl talk about hearsay. You know the reason why they're not going to fucking fall charges? They don't have anything that's actually chargeable for inciting. And I think that's the thing that is so telling is... They think the American people, well, I don't think it's the American people. I think what it really comes down to, I think they know that their people are fucking morons. Their people are idiots, and they will buy anything. Just anything. They were eating this with a spoon. They thought this was the greatest thing ever. Oh my God, they got him. It was just like reliving the whole four years. The walls are closing. But what are you getting? He's not the president. Most of us don't even want him to run because we're just sick of this shit. Even though, unequivocally, he would be ten times the president Biden would be. He'd be at least doing something. He'd have a cognitive thought in his head. A plan. I mean, you got to figure, he had the B team. Some of them were the D team as his confidants. Because nobody wanted to work with Trump. Especially when you have politicians going, oh, we will ruin you. You'll never get a job in this town again. The economy, blacks, Latinos... Gays, women. Life was just better. The only thing was bad is that you people spent all your days reading his tweets and you were losing your fucking mind. So then you rigged a fucking election with 80 voting laws and mail-in ballots that got 81 million votes for a corpse. But most of us want DeSantis. 
I'm going to donate. He'll be a great president. Better than Biden. Everything is shit. But you're so obsessed. You don't want Trump to run. So instead of working on gas. Oh, we don't want to do that because we're greenies. Instead of working on baby, oh, we're not going to work on the baby for uh, How about illegal immigration? And we had 50 fucking people die in a fucking trailer. You're doing hearings talking about Trump and what happened two years ago. And it's all hearsay. Inadmissible. I don't need to be a lawyer to know. That won't hold up in court. The joke that was running on Twitter was a friend of mine who has a cousin whose next door neighbor, Gardner, talked to a guy who was an Uber driver whose cousin's sister's best friend said Trump karate chopped a motherfucking Secret Service agent and grabbed the wheel. That's your story. And I know the media loves it. They think it's like the most damning things. I could play an hour of just them. Oh, my God. All right. But when NBC, ABC, and CBS debunk it with alternate sources, they all didn't use the same source. They went to people and said, yeah, that didn't happen. It's just like Normandy. I only see losers. I don't see losers or whatever the fuck the quote was. Koi fish. Jesus. It's like never ending. You guys just make shit up. And that's insulting. If I was a Democrat, I'd be staring right now going, what the fuck? You're in charge of everything. I have enough gas to get to work, but I can't buy groceries. Or I'd quit my job because I don't have gas to go there anymore. I'm a baby for feeding my kid. And you're talking about Trump because everybody on that committee has said it so many times they believe democracy will end, we'll all die, a black hole will all suck our buttholes off. I mean, all these things they've been saying for five years, they believe that shit. They don't sleep at night thinking about Trump. And that's why our world or our country is really fucked up right now. So let's do a short trans section. Turn it up, turn it on. Rock it like we bear to the bone, get on the floor, run it loose. Gotta put this to let feet to you. If you need education in the part of scene, as you think you can dance with me, this ain't no joke. Turn up, let's get a woke. Hi, families! It's time for a pride parade! Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! Families marching one by one, hurrah, hurrah! This family has 
two mummies, they love each other so proudly And they all go marching in the big That was fun, but it wasn't. It was quite miserable, actually. But I am drunk before 3 p.m., so uh, that's a perk. Guess I let my feelings take control. Guess I let my demons take the wheel. Used to think that we'd be wrong.
fucking sick, man. They're just so fucking sick. That was a kid dancing there. And look at this winner. Jesus sucks, Satan swallows. Yeah, that's nice. Taylor Lorenz published a glowing report today about a Twitch streamer who encourages teens to come out as trans and started a site to help minors get access to hormone replacement theory. She is a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Field trip to Disney Pixar movie canceled after parents over... God damn it. Upset because same-sex kiss. Disney misunderstood the unique appeal of Buzz Lightyear. This whole entire article and every article I've read about it is not talking about the kiss. It's talking about you fucked up because you didn't get 10 Allen. Angus McLean on directing Lightyear and how Portland influenced it. And that pretty much sums up why we had the kiss. Lightyear reviews have arrived. Check out what critics have to say about the new Pixar adventure. And they're all negative because they suck. And to this story, of course, the entire thing is, look at these horrible people that won't let their kids go watch Two Girls Kiss. Not, hey, that's not a field trip. This one? Wow. Trans adult male takes first place at a skateboard. We're using skateboard now. 20-year-old trans woman, dude, beats 13-year-old in skateboard. What the actual fuck? Illinois Park is having a family, friend, and pride event featuring a drag performance that looks like that. That dude's not even trying. I mean, if you're going to be a girl, fucking use some neat, motherfucker. That's all I have for slides, but I have a couple good articles. Massive survey finds Americans' views on gender shifting, but not the way the leftist wants. Roughly 8 in 10 U.S. adults say there's at least some discrimination against transgender people in our society, and a majority favor laws that will protect transgender individuals from discrimination. At the same time, 60% say a person's gender is determined by their sex to sign at birth. It's higher on others. People are not buying this shit. They're not buying it at all because why would they? To their green stuff. Famed U.S. mechanic says low-maintenance EVs are facade, exposes a dark secret that they're made to fucking break. Secondly, there's 10 articles I could read about the batteries. What are we going to do with all those batteries? And there's memes all over the internet that are cracking me up with coal cars going, what is that? It's EV charging power. That's true. Top U.S. Air Force generals say the Russian Air Force struggles in Ukraine are surprising because Russia is fighting in its own systems. And they're getting their asses kicked, but we're not even doing anything about it. Let me see. Do I have anything else? Solar flare. Huge solar flares coming. I'm trying to find articles say when it's going to hit us, but I haven't found shit yet, which really gets on my fucking nerves because they do fuck up communication. I know that. Um, but I can't find any good fucking articles to say when 
They've been talking about it all week. So Matt in Oregon, hook a brother up. I know you'll find it. I don't. And then we're going to play an excerpt from for our lighter fare, Door Bumper Clear. And I'm telling you right now, TV, the track, and NASCAR should not ask our fans to come out to an event where it's 100 plus degrees and spend your hard-earned money. I mean, it's, it, if you're a family of four, you're talking about hotels where three, four hundred bucks a night, tickets are, I'm sure, 150 bucks a piece. Like, you're talking, you're asking me to spend three grand to come out there and burn the f up all day. Buy your own drinks. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah, literally, yeah, I, mean, I saw people walking in, Jason, with the clear backpacks full of waters. I'm talking 12, 15 waters. Well, I did the same thing in my spotter bag. I didn't have a cooler. So because I thought there'd be a cooler on the roof on Saturday, there wasn't. I don't care how many waters you got. When it's 110 degrees outside, guess what temperature they turn? 110 degrees. Yeah. So there is no way. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, listen, I'm all frustration in Nashville. Um, I don't love that racetrack. I don't love the concrete mile and a half. But at the end of the day, NASCAR, the track, and TV cannot ask anyone to go out there and sit in that God-forbidden heat. I, yeah, and I want to give a shot. When I started my five-mile walk this morning, I listened to this, and I thought, you know what? That is so apropos. Hot bleachers. There was lightning. Nobody took care of it, and that's why we didn't go. Wife can't sit out in that kind of heat. I mean, I could have. I would have been nauseous as fuck because I lived in the Mojave for fucking two years in the deserts of Afghanistan in the Middle East, but... Gotta read look at that. Um, there's a plenty of articles, and I know a lot of you probably aren't NASCAR fans. I am, thanks to the wife. You know, I've kind of got into this NASCAR one. So I wanted to cover one before we do a This is uh, America and call it quits. Fans should be tired of how TV treats NASCAR and how NASCAR treats itself. NASCAR folks aggravated fans on Dover this season, and the sport teamed up. With NBC at Nashville, do the same, more or less. It's enough to suggest there has been no marriage in the family of any decision maker for at least two generations. Not quite seven hours after the green flag dropped, Chase Elliott stole the fucking race because Martin Truex is a moron. Or not him, James Smalls. NASCAR Cup Series race in Nashville. Two delays, one for lightning, the other for rain, created the marathon. The problem is, and I won't even read the fucking story, is then they flipped it to USA Network. So when you're looking at a real sport, it's Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, ESPN. They own football. Basketball. It's on their network. NASCAR sold the Fox and NBC, and they decided to do half the season on Fox, which ends up sometimes on your local Fox, the rest of the time on FS1 or FS2, which a lot of people don't even have. And then NBC had lost, launched a network called NBC Sports. It failed miserably because all they show is fucking lacrosse, rugby, and soccer. Nobody wants to watch that fucking shit. And random track stuff. You know, the indie people watch that, but they don't, you know, Formula One. But IMSA and Trans Am and shit that my wife watches because she really likes this racing stuff. A lot of people don't watch that. 
Well, it failed, so now it's with USA Network. So the other night when my my guy finally had a hot rod and he raced up and won stage one and stage two and then made a terrible error and gave up second place with eight laps to go to change tires that didn't matter for the whole race because his fucking crew chief's an idiot. Well, second one, we said, fuck it, let's go to bed because it was like 8, 830 and we'll watch it in the morning. And I had to tape four episodes of Law and Order on USA. And I luckily caught in the middle. In the middle of a fucking Law and Order. Boom! They restarted. And then the next hour was the race. And then they went off air. Simultaneously, they put the pre-show and their, and their post-show on Peacock. Which people have to pay $4.99 or $9.99 to even watch. I do. Even though I don't have a job. But my wife likes TV. So our streaming bill's got to get cold back. Well, I'm going to get a job, but once I get healthy, it's getting cold back anyway because that's a lot of streaming after you get done with Paramount, which I have to have for my SEAL team. So that's 10 bucks a month. She has fucking Netflix, Discovery, uh, Hulu. It's a lot. Plus regular TV of 160 So we spend like over $300 a month on fucking streaming or TV. And I get it because we don't do anything else, but... That's a lot of fucking money when you think about it. But they are just bastardized. And then they play this gay rights shit and black rights shit and all the stuff trying to get people to watch their sport. And they're not going to watch it. It's a southern sport. It's for rednecks named Jed. There's nothing wrong with it. The NFL has suffered, I don't care what people say about ratings, they're comparing it to fucking COVID. So, of course, the ratings went up this year because a lot of people didn't want to watch a game with the empty stadium. It was kind of lame. I watched some. But they do that shit, and they put the let's end racism in the end zone, and they piss people off. That's why they stopped doing the national anthem, and they stopped doing the black national anthem. That stuff ixnade because it was supposed to be for every game this year, but they got rid of it because their fans are like, fuck you. It's America. Not black America. So fuck your national anthem and your American black flag or whatever the fuck they're calling it. Well, NASCAR is, they got gay pride shit on the track. A gay pride car simultaneously got destroyed lap 30, which I laughed my ass off. Is it because I'm against gay and black people? No. I'm watching a sports so that I'll hear about grievance groups. I don't want your grievance groups. I want to watch football. I want to watch wrestling. I want to watch UFC. I'm watching it for the sport, not another fucking woke lecture. That's why recruiting's down in the army. You see all these people, well, it's because of the economy. That's The economy's bad. People go in the military, morons. Because at least it's a job and three hots and a cot. But a lot of people are looking at it. Well, if I'm going to go in the army now with Millie, I might as well just go to fucking Yale and get wokeified. All they talk about is pronouns and America's evil. The people that are supposed to be defending it. That's just weird shit. So, of course, recruiting's down. All your recruiting videos are woke. Then you try on the lame ones where... Yep, I'm retired and I'm fishing every day. Yeah, that worked well for me. Not 
that pension ain't that great and you're clearly seeing the fruits of the medical i still have fucking 11 what 12 days before i get a hopefully in diagnosis even though i'm getting a little better over the last three because i stopped sleeping with the cpap But NASCAR, man, fucking get a real sports network. NBC doesn't even air your shit. They're too busy doing golf and soccer and the next stupid show they're going to cut you off. I mean, think about the NFL. That podcast is pretty entertaining, but... There are a million pre- and post-games for the NFL. There's not for NASCAR. And I remember when NASCAR was on ESPN, even after Earnhardt died, I used to watch occasionally because it was good coverage. They need to go back to a sports fan. Now, I know, go back to ESPN, they'll be fucking doing the Black National Anthem and talking about trans rights and fucking during cautions. I got it. ESPN's woke as fuck, but... Come on, you, you got to get better. So this is America. AOC was brought on and somebody actually asked her to run for fucking president. What the fuck? And here is CNN telling people to do illegal fucking abortion pills. This is America. It's time for the worst soundbite. When the liberal media is pushing one of them agenda story and says, This is America. 2021. The Supreme Court has engaged in the overreaching of its authority in denying the human and civil rights of any pregnant person or person that could become pregnant in the United States of America. They have engaged in overreach, and it is the responsibility of the president and Congress to put the Supreme Court in check because they have delegitimized themselves. Couple quick things before we go. Couple quick things before we go. Uh, you know, there's some speculation as to whether President Biden is going to run in 2024. There's some there's some reports that he's a little frustrated that people keep asking because he keeps on saying yes. And people go, are you sure? Are you sure? Um, you know, uh, I know somebody who's going to turn 35 uh, about a month before the election in 2024. And uh, they represent New York's 14th. Uh, is, is that job appealing to you at all? Um, I think that... Theoretically. Uh, listen, I think that we need to focus on keeping a democracy mm -hmm. for anybody to be president in, in the next couple of years. And that's my central focus, is helping the people of this country. Right? So it's possible. So it's possible. I don't know about that. Well, I don't know about that. I'm just here to get you in trouble. <laughs> exactly. You're getting me in trouble. To get you in trouble. I don't know about Okay, before we go, uh, first of all, uh, best wishes. I understand that you just got engaged. I That's what it's one of the news. Thank you. That's nice. How are the, how are the plans going? Uh, you know, it's a little tough right now to plan something sure. with all this going on. And but supply chain issues, yes, obviously. Yes, supply chain exactly. issues. Exactly. Can't get baby breath this time of year. <laughs> but, um, but we're really excited, and um, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out along the way. It's, it's going to be very interesting planning a wedding while serving in Congress, but I'm sure others have done it before, and <laughs> we'll do it in the future. Best of luck. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, many women who... Uh, 
are now choosing to end their pregnancy are doing it with what is known as medication abortion. This is done with two pills instead of a surgical procedure. And post uh, the decision to overturn Roe versus Wade, demand for medication abortion is surging. With me now is Elisa Wells, co-founder of Plan C. It's an organization that helps educate women about medication abortion and how to access it. Elisa, thanks for your time this morning. And as I understand it, demand to your website has just been surging, right? The amount of people coming for education, for information. How much has it increased since Friday? Absolutely. Well, um, before Friday, we had about 3,500 visitors in a day. And on Friday, we had 209,000 visitors that day. And it since has uh, remained increased. People are looking for this information. They want to know, how can I have an abortion if I need one in a state that restricts access? And we provide that information on our website, plantcpills.org. I wonder if you have seen scams or fake websites set up trying to capitalize on women who are scared, who don't know how to access this uh, from an approved provider, a a black market, if you will. Yeah, we have been testing websites that offer pills by mail uh, for about five years now. We have purchased from them. We regularly purchase from them using mystery shoppers. And when we first started doing this in 2017, we actually did chemical assay of the pills to determine were they for real, and they were. Um, and we haven't seen any products shipped mm. to us um, in our subsequent testing that we suspect would be in any way fraudulent. The, the websites that people need to look out for, actually, are the Crisis Pregnancy Center websites. They have been impersonating Plan C. They um, draw you in, they tell you that they can provide abortion services or they mimic abortion clinics, and then they delay your access to care. So we want people to be aware that these crisis pregnancy centers are out there online and they are impersonating us and um, and abortion clinics. Elisa, the medical guidance is that women uh, who decide to take these two pills, uh, FDA approved, I should note, and I have a, a medication abortion are urged to have a follow-up visit with a doctor. I believe it's 14 days after taking them. What would you say to women in states uh, now that are restricting abortion, uh, banning abortion, that may be concerned if they have planned or have already taken these pills or are planning to about actually going to the physician for a checkup afterwards? Right. Well, first of all, we know that most people who are using medication abortion are not actually going for a follow-up visit, even though it might be recommended. Most people can tell if they're no longer pregnant and if they're not having any bleeding issues. There's really no reason for it. Um, so, in, in so you, most but this is the medical guidance. Just to be clear here, this is the medical guidance from physicians is is to go in. Are you saying well, that's not that, a good that idea? Is, but, but I'm, what I'm saying is in common practice that uh, most people are not doing a follow-up visit. If you ask uh, you know, clinic providers, they will say that a lot of people are not coming in. They don't need them. They could do it with a phone call. Um, so, uh, But we do want people to know if they are using these pills on their own for a uh, safe self-managed abortion and they do need follow-up care. Um, we know that um, people are not telling the doctors what they have done because they are concerned about uh, doctors or other providers reporting them uh, for having done that. We know that that is a way that people have been criminalized in the past for using these pills, and we hope that people can avoid that. There's no um, information that the clinician needs to have. They do not need to know that you've taken abortion pills in order to provide safe follow-up treatment. But isn't it important for patients to be honest 
with their physician. I mean, especially if they're going in to be checked on for this. And it just gets to the bigger picture of the gray area now and the ensuing fight between, you know, what the FDA has said and what the attorney general says is the FDA supersedes states here and states. Well, sure. In an ideal world, of course, we would want people to be, you know, fully transparent with their providers. But we are not in an ideal world right now. We are in a situation where laws are unjustly restricting access to care that people still need. Abortion is basic, normal health care. It should be available through clinics, through telehealth, and even through self-managed care in all 50 states. So, Are you fucking serious? For president? and telling people to use illegal foreign drugs. In blue states, there's vending machines for fucking birth control. There's vending machines for morning after pills. I mean, seriously, you fucking people are so full of shit, which is what we learned today. And that's why 1 million people have registered to Republican. That's why you're seeing the shift. If it isn't the trans, the CRT, the LGBT shoving on our kids, it's utter lies out of everything the left says. It's all lies. None of it's true. It's all lies. There's going to be abortions. There's not going to be women going to force to have entopic pregnancies and get fucking raped by their uncle and carry it to term. It's all a fucking lie. And they won't stop lying because that's all they know how to do is lie. And then the January 6th just proves what the January 6th is. It's just a means to try to keep Trump from running, discredit him with people because they don't care that America's a stinking shithole right now financially or that Americans are suffering they just fear Trump on a level that's unhealthy, which means none of those motherfuckers should be in office. The problem is the Dems can't get voted out of office because they've gerrymandered their district, so they're like a postage stamp. It's like a Walmart parking lot's what they're in charge of. But nobody ever talks about that. And Cheney's going to get drubbed, and Kinziger isn't even running because he knows he can't win. So it was an interesting couple days from the last podcast. So this wraps up another one. Please share this with your family and friends. Go to foppodcast.com for all audio and video. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah yes. We're going to shoot for a Saturday show. So let's go with uh, one Jul- uh, 2 July. 2 July because 1 July is my little girl's birthday, my puppy birthday. I bought her two toys and a new bed. Yeah. Hope you all stay cool out there. It's going to get hot as shit back down here. It's been nice in the mornings. I actually walked in a sweatshirt. One day it was sweats. It was 50 degrees out. Unbelievable, which is kind of nice for June, so I'll freaking take it. Thanks for listening, my friends. You take care, and I'll talk to you on Saturday.